Welcome to episode 10 of Steph's Business Bookshelf. Double figures, very exciting. I'll be talking more about that in a moment and what we're doing to celebrate. But keep listening to find out more about the book New Power. And really, if you want to take over the world, if world domination is your thing, this is the book for you. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Thanks for listening. And for those of you who have been listening since the beginning, thank you. An extra big thank you. And for new listeners, welcome. This is episode 10, as I mentioned, which means we're in double figures. And to celebrate, I'm running a competition over on Instagram. You can follow me, Steph underscore Clark underscore underscore. That's Clark with an E. If you want to make it even easier, hit the show notes and there is a link direct to my Instagram account running a competition on Instagram where you can win three of the books that I've been talking about so far. And the most popular ones that I've noticed that people have been telling me and talking to me about being Shoe Dog, Dare to Lead and Atomic Habits. Also throwing in a very special little hand sanitizer because nobody likes a sticky book. And if you're like me and you like to snack whilst you're reading, you will often find yourself in a bit of a sticky situation when turning pages. So, my friend Vicky, who runs the company Ecosophy, who create bias-free soap, have gifted a hand sanitizer that is going in with the swag as well. If you want to be in with a chance of winning all of the goodies, then head over to Instagram, follow the instructions, and good luck. Now on to talking about the book New Power. This book I read in probably middle of 2018, and there's a couple of things that have stuck with me ever since then. But first, as usual, a little bit about the authors. Jeremy Hymans is the co-founder and CEO of Purpose, a company specialising in building social movements around the world. In 2005, he co-founded GetUp, an Australian political organisation with more members than all of Australia's political parties combined. And he is a co-founder of the global campaigning organisation Avaz and the LGBT rights platform All Out. He is a recipient of the Ford Foundation's 75th Anniversary Visionary Award for his work as a movement pioneer. He's also been named one of Fast Company's most creative people in business. His co-author, Henry Timms, is an executive director of the 92nd Street Y, a cultural and community centre that creates programmes and movements that foster learning and civic engagement. Under his leadership, the 144-year-old institution was named Fast Company's Most Innovative Companies list. He is the co-founder of Giving Tuesday, a global philanthropic movement that engages people in close to 100 countries that has generated hundreds of millions of dollars for good causes. He is a visiting fellow at Stanford University's Centre for Philanthropy and Civil Society. And that has all taken from thisisnewpower.com. A little bit about the book. This book is touted as the way to understand the seemingly chaotic 21st century. With examples from Trump to Me Too, from Airbnb to ISIS, the way people influence, gain momentum and the structures of power have changed and it's taking everything with it. This book is all about participation, how to cultivate it through the redistribution of power and communication methods. The authors make sense of recent social and political movements and show you how you can use new power on a small and a large scale in your own organisations and lives. I'll talk a little bit more about what I liked about the book earlier, but one of the things was that fact that you can really 
Whilst the book talks about really big movements and organisations like Me Too, like Trump, like Airbnb, you know, and all of the other things, examples in the book, there were so many ideas that I took into, you know, particularly when you're building culture change or if you want to change the culture or the way of doing things in a team or an organisation. Many of the things are actually very practical in that sense. But we'll talk about a little bit more about that shortly. Into the three big ideas that I took from the book New Power. Number one is that command and control is out. New Power is all about collaboration over competition, radical transparency over confidentiality, mass participation and self-organization, and short-term grouping over long-term loyalty. And a great example of things like the radical transparency is this idea that people now feel they almost have a right to know rather than this idea of need to know. So things like WikiLeaks and the Paradise Paper, situations that have arisen over the last few years are good examples of this. This idea that no matter how powerful you are, you cannot be hiding things that are in public interest or that it has now been deemed to be within public interest. So there really is a values question around new power versus old power. Like I said, collaboration, for example, bringing people together in short-term kind of bursts of projects or ideas or movements over the idea of competition and feeling like you need to keep everyone else at bay because you're doing your thing or that there is this idea of long-term loyalty. So there is this, this values challenge between old and new. And not necessarily that one is good or bad. There are some, there are many situations where you would very much lean towards old power. For example, there is in the new power world, there is a leaning away from expertise and experts and needing to be an expert. However, as one of the examples in the book, is that if you're going to have a root canal or a filling done on your mouth and your teeth, you probably would still want a dentist, not someone who is selling their services on Etsy as a artisan dentist and they've learnt through some YouTube videos. Probably not what you're going to do. It's also not binary. So like I said, whilst it's not good or bad, new power is good and old power is bad or anything like that, it's, it's, it's very much situational. It's also not binary. There is a spectrum of kind of extreme new power and extreme old power and you can be somewhere along the middle. There is also this sense that new power is faster and closer to the action. For example, there's a website in the US called Donors Choose, which fixes the, well, I feel, thoroughly embarrassing situation of the underfunding and severe underfunding of, of public schools. So Donors Choose allow people to go and donate funds to go to public schools and they get to choose what it goes towards. Does it go towards arts and crafts material? Does it go towards new teachers? Does it go towards computers? You get to choose as the donor, which then gives you, oh, it gives pace because that means, you know, unlike going through formal funding, the, the money is received pretty quickly and they can be used quickly. It's also run by the schools, so they say, well, this is, these are the things we need in this particular school. Again, so it's closer to the people who know what is needed. A couple of weeks ago, I was actually watching the Anthony Bourdain Parts Undiscovered series, and there was a episode about Libya. And the freedom of Libya is probably one of the best and most extreme, in some ways, examples of new power working. The rebel army was made up of people from all around the world who had fled Libya, who self-organized, largely through Twitter, and got together to overthrow the Gaddafi government, which is just phenomenal when you think of it that would not have happened 
maybe even 10 years ago, but you know, certainly 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, whilst that was very much a new power structure, they use social media and they kind of gain momentum and gain movement very quickly. They're self-organized and they move things forward. They worked with the old power of the UN fighters to help them overthrow the government, get the bombers in, send coordinates. So that was big idea number one, that command and control is out. This is about distribution of power and creating a movement. Big idea number two is how to start a movement. So this is for those of you who do have world domination, hopefully for good, in your midst, then this, this book shows how to do that. The five key steps, how to start a movement. And number one, finding your connected connectors. Who are you talking to and knowing who that is? So for example, Trump's campaign was very much bolstered by the keyboard warriors on Reddit who were sharing and were very well, who were very well connected on the, on the Reddit channel, who were sharing the kind of anti-left, anti-Hillary propaganda and getting it spread through memes and through other ways very, very quickly and very effectively. Similarly, GetUp, which is one of the author's organizations, connected very quickly and very well with socially conscious, educated women who again, very well connected and can get things moving. Step number two is to find your new power brand and voice. If you compare, for example, in the book, it compares the Airbnb About Us page on their website, which is hugely about community and connecting and reconnecting groups versus say a Hilton, where it's very much about them, the brand, the organization, rather than about the people that they are bringing together. Step number three is reduce the friction to entry. There was this amazing story from India about a protester who was trying to decrease the, uh, the corruption that happens in, in India in the government and the politics there. What he did was rather than, he, first of all, he started with an SMS or a text message campaign and he got about 80,000 people to, you know, to, to sign up and to pledge their support, so a bit of a petition. So 80,000, yeah, pretty good, but with the population like India, that was quite a small number. What he did then was realize that in India, there is this real social norm of sending each other a missed call. So they had the idea of, well, people are already doing that. So let's reduce the friction. Let's get them in, get them doing something that they are already doing. By changing that mode and that method of connecting with people and allowing them to participate, reducing that friction, that barrier to entry, they had 35 million missed calls, 35 million people, which is phenomenal compared to 80,000 text messages that they received just by reducing that barrier to entry, which was even though it was just a missed call and you can, again, which is the next point around moving people up the participation scale, you know, how many of those people who, it was just almost too easy, but 35 million missed calls is enough for a government very much to sit up and take notice of. Step four, as I mentioned, is moving people up the participation up the participation scale, which is moving them from collectivism to change shaping. So again, moving them from just leaving that missed call into maybe writing to their local politician or allowing them to take part in a protest or take part in some other movement, which is a bit more active rather than passive. Finally, step number five is to ride the storms, find some catalysts to leverage. The best or most one of the re most recent examples of that would be the women's march that happened post-Trump's election. They used the Trump election to go, this is something we're not happy with. Let's gather together, self-organize and march. The thing I liked about this idea was thinking more about how to use that in a smaller, maybe an organizational way. 
So who are you connected? Who are your connected connectors? If you're trying to create culture change, who do you need to tap into? Who's your kind of your champion network within that? How do you help people get involved and participate very quickly and easily? But then for those who are interested, allow them to get more involved and actually create the change that's needed. That was big idea number two, how to start a movement. Big idea number three was signal, structure and shape. And these are about the signs really, the the ideas that the leader of the movement is putting across. So the signal is how the leader makes a crowd feel and how they make them specifically feel powerful through their speech. So for example, using we language versus I language. This is something that's quite a big difference between Trump and Obama when you look at that quite easy difference. Obama was all about, yes, we can. Whereas Trump was he, you know, I am going to save the day. I'm the only one who can do this. The structure is how the leader creates or removes the ability to participate. So for example, are they making it easier to gather together? Are they helping you know, with the platforms and the organization to do that? Or are they reducing barriers that are already there to help people participate easier? And the shape is how the leader sets the norms for the crowd. In the book, there is a concept that a movement is only a movement if it moves without you. If it's leader led and always has to have the leader, it's not really a movement. So you have to allow that self-organization. You also have to put your ego to the side and allow kind of spin-offs to happen and for people to take the cause and interpret that and kind of action that in their own way, as long as it still meets the need or meets the objective of the core organization or the core problem that is trying to be overcome. That was big idea number three, signal, structure and shape, which is really around how you make your movement move. Things I liked about the book, as I mentioned earlier, it's really usable, even though they're talking about really big examples and really big cultural and political and social shifts. You can use a lot of the ideas and the lessons that some of these groups and organizations have had, you know, whether you're trying to change something in a, chi- in a team, in an organization, in a charity, particularly if you've got volunteers and you're trying to kind of engage them a lot more. There's some really usable things in here. The examples are really up to date. What I liked about that then as a side point is it's just so fascinating how human behavior has changed in a relatively short period of time and how that's happened really fast and en masse and how the impact of technology, for example, being able to connect people quicker, more efficiently has influenced that. There is this idea shared in the book about the new expectation of under 30s, which is now over half of the world's population is that under 30s have this inalienable right to participate. That is their expectation, because that is what they've grown up in. They've been able to connect with celebrities on Twitter. They've been able to get involved in almost everything that they do. So now that that expands and that becomes political and that becomes social. So this right to participate is within them. It's inherent. It's again, it's this values idea. I'd really recommend this book for leaders who are struggling with changing the expectations or or with changing expectations themselves of staff and customers. So if you've always worked in an old power world or an old old power environment, and there's still organizations which very much are command and control and something like an armed forces would be a very easy example of that. But that's not the only example. There are organizations that work, corporates that work in that way too. So if you're struggling with that expectation change in your customers and your staff, this book will help you to understand that. And as I've mentioned throughout, anyone who wants to create change, either big or small, this book will help you do that. I thought that this book pairs quite nicely with The Power of Moment, which I'll be sharing more about in a future episode. 
So to recap, the three big ideas I took from the book New Power was number one, command and control is out. Number two was how to start a movement. And number three was signal, structure and shape. If you've read this book, let me know what you thought. I always love to hear from people who have read the book. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram or by email. There are links in the show notes. And don't forget to get involved in the competition on Instagram to celebrate being in double figures. We're getting old, episode number 10. And other than that, until next time, happy reading.